Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this message in our current series. Well, good morning. Yeah. Happy Easter. Man, so good. It's so good. Y'all are smart. You came at 9 o'clock when I'm fresh. I haven't preached two in a few months, so I don't know, second service. I am looking forward to it, though. My goodness. We have been, for the past weeks, talking about the way of Jesus to Easter. And we've come through the turning of the tables in the temple. The perfume on Jesus' feet. Betrayal in the garden. The mockery of a trial. The suffering that went with it. And then on Wednesday, we simply read the story of the crucifixion. All so we could get right here. So we could wake up Easter morning and celebrate the resurrection. Sing about it, shout about it, yeah, and clap about it. Yeah, you were, yeah. It is the center of everything in the Christian life and story. We try and put ourselves back in the moment, what it would have been like to have been there that first morning. I wonder what the hours after were like. As news began to spread and the realization or the part realization that Jesus is back? (laughs) We don't know a lot about those moments, but we know something. We know that on that very first day, that night, Easter night, The disciples had all gotten together. Well, not all of them. Judas, of course, had taken his own life. And Thomas? Thomas wasn't there. The disciples were together, and they were in a house, and the door was locked because they were afraid. And then Jesus was there. There. Physically there. They could touch him. They could talk to him. He just showed up, and he didn't knock, and he didn't use a key. He just showed up to prove to them that he was indeed resurrected. (laughs) They were beside themselves. They go and they find Thomas, and they tell him, and well, this is where Thomas gets his everlasting nickname. You know, Doubting Thomas. Let me read to you that piece of the story from John 20, picking up in verse 24. It says, Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. But he said, No. No, you didn't. 
He said unto them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. <laughs> no, 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 no. You guys are losing it. What are you doing? You're falling for it. Don't you know how this works? He's not alive. No, no, really, Thomas, he's alive. Listen, I'll tell you when I'll believe he's alive. I'll believe he's alive when I can put my finger in the hole in his hand. That's sort of an objectionable thing to say, but Thomas was just being real. It's not that he didn't want to believe, he just couldn't quite get there. I love this next part. Verse 26 says, A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, <laughs> this is great, because Thomas has, been, Thomas has been talking all week. No, 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 no. And Jesus knows. So he says to Thomas, put your finger here. See? My hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Something in that moment changed everything. Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas gives one of the clearest declarations of the divinity of Jesus ever. My Lord, my God. I, I thought uh, we, we might start by talking about doubt because I think doubt has a little bit of a bad name. It's sort of got a bad rap, especially in Christian circles. But I think that's mostly because we mistake doubt for unbelief. And they're not the same thing. See, unbelief is the opposite of faith, but doubt is something different. Doubt, doubt is, is struggling. Doubt doesn't know. Doubt is, is questioning. Doubt is seeking. And if I could, doubt is a little bit hopeful. Can Thomas at least get credit for showing up in the house? and asking the hard questions. See, doubt is, doubt is like a, a door. It's a good place to start. It's just not the place we're supposed to stop. Doubt is, doubt is where we step into the story and we're like, I'm, listen, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm hoping, I'm wondering, but I'm not, I'm not sure, I'm not there yet. You gotta, you gotta help me, Lord. And, and that's what doubt is. Doubt's like when you, you walk into an ice cream shop. It's that time of year again, right? You don't know what you want, but you want something. You just, that's the beauty of an ice cream shop. They got that case full of, you know, temptation. And it's just you walk in and you're, you're not sure, but you want something. And you've come to look and you're exploring. And, 
And when you're not sure, you know what they've got? They got these. Those are beautiful, aren't they? You're like me, you love those. So you can't take this to stop and shop in the freezer section. Right? You can't, you can't like peel the wrapper off of Ben and Jerry's. And, but you can go in and you can say, I don't know. I don't know. I want something. Might be that rocky road. Let me try that. The peanut butter cup. Uh, peanut butter cup. Almond joy. I went and got these yesterday. I did it for you, folks. I... I I did. I, someone had to sacrifice and make the trip to the ice cream shop. And the strange request, can I get a bag full? I almost asked him for a couple thousand to give you all this weekend, but I thought that would probably be pushing my luck. You see, it's, a, it, it's where we, we, we come and we, we, we taste. That's what the word says, taste and see, taste and see. Taste and see. That's what Easter is. It's, it's come, taste, see, look, watch, explore. Sometimes it's the, the story of the evidence and we need to read one of those four biographies and we walk through the story of Jesus and we, we see his public execution. We see the guarded tomb. We see the resurrection witnessed by hundreds of people and told down through the ages. And we see the lives of these formerly cowardly disciples transformed forever. Only the resurrected Jesus could make that happen. But here's my guess. Most of us are like Thomas. We think we need some like hard evidence. <laughs> I gotta, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to touch his, his wounds. Did you notice something in that story? Thomas was all, I gotta touch him. I got I to gotta put my hand in the wound. And then Jesus shows up, and he's done. He doesn't touch him. He just, he's like, he had encountered Jesus Christ. And, and, and my guess is that the, that the tasting, the, the taste and see, the, the exploring, the evidence, the is the encounter with Jesus. It's something that happens in you. It's something that happens in the midst of worship, in the reading of the prophecies, in the listening to the scripture. There's, there's something that happens, and it's something profoundly spiritual. It's something that we struggle to explain. Our, our analytical, logical, reliable minds get upended because we've, we've encountered Jesus. And, and we've encountered him in a way we never expected. And this is why I love, I love verse 29. Jesus tells him, he says, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed, have not seen. That's that's you. Like, like, we weren't there that day. We read the stories. We see the evidences. But we, in, we encounter Jesus. We, 
You see, there's something, there's something deep down in us that wants to stand at that doorway of doubt and wrestle with it because there's something in us that's looking for more. There's something that just is like, there, there's got to be something else. And we're looking and we're listening for an encounter with Jesus Christ. And that's what he's offering here. He's, he's saying, listen, blessed, those, those people who, who weren't there, who have met me, who have encountered me, and have believed. They're blessed. Their, their lives are, are changed forever. I, I want to read two more verses to give you just a, a, a taste, <laughs> sort of take out the spoon, because it's what, it's what Jesus does next. It, it's like he's, he's gone from speaking just to the disciples, and now he's speaking to, to all of, of history, and he's showing us. Here's what it says in verse 30. Jesus performed many other signs, John writes, in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and then this, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Life in his name. But by believing you and you and you and you and me might have life. That's an odd thing to say to people that are living. You can have life. Well, I'm already alive, but, but we actually don't even think it's odd when we read it because we instinctively know this. We, we know you can be alive and not fully alive. You know what I'm saying, don't you? We can be alive and going through the motions and living the life, but not fully alive. We're looking, searching. This is why Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, I came so that they could have life and life to the full. That's why we talk about living fully, because this is what Jesus is offering. And it's what Easter is all about. Easter, at its very core, gives us a taste of what life looks like. Not just living, living fully. You, you see, Easter, Easter does two things. It tells us two stories. It gives us a taste of two things that every one of us needs. One, it resolves the past. Who among us doesn't have a past, a story, a brokenness, a failure, a shame that we need relief and release from? I love that song that Al sang a few moments ago, Ain't No Grave. He sent me that a few weeks back and said, what do you think of this? And I'm like, oh my goodness, I love this song. Do you know when that was written? 1934. 
by a guy named Claude Eli. He became a, a preacher, kind of a circuit-riding preacher in Appalachia, but he wrote it when he was 12 years old. <laughs> he had tuberculosis, and they'd given him the deadly diagnosis, and somehow this 12-year-old sits down and writes at least part of this song. Years later, he would become a preacher and a singer, and he would, he would record it, but he wrote, Ain't No Grave. But did you catch the earliest words of it? Did you see him on the screen? Shame is a robber, cruel as the grave. Shame. The past. But Easter is the story of how God steps into our brokenness and our shame and our past and all of that stuff that we just can't get over. And in a moment, on the cross, he resolves it. He forgives it. This is the story of Easter. But he does something else. He, he resolves the past, and then the resurrection is a promise about the future, right? It's, it's this promise of life now and life forever. It's the promise that because he lives, we have access to this gift of eternal life. Again, I go back to Claude Eli's song because it kind of traces this journey, right, from shame of the past through the grave. And then in that, in that great line, it says that, that, that he went down to the grave and he took back all the keys. I love that picture. Took back all the keys. Death. Some people believe that this was actually the last song Johnny Cash ever recorded before his death. He published it shortly after the group did. I can see why. The past, the future, the past and the future, the past and the future. You see, when our past is resolved and our future has been promised. It gives us the ability to live here in the present. That, that's, the, that's the story of, of Easter. It's the hope of Easter. You know why we stand at the door? You know why Thomas shows up in the room? Because we, we hope, we want, we're, we're we're waiting, we're, we're believing, we're, we're leaning in and wondering. And, and the reason we're doing it is because Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is knocking. That's what Revelation 3 says. Down about verse 20, he says, listen, I'm standing at the door and knocking. If any of you, if any of you hear me and open the door, I'll come in. I'll come in. That's Easter. 
Easter is the story of the resurrection. It's the story of how God took our broken past and all of that struggle and said, listen, I got this. You don't have to live in bondage to your past. You don't have to live with the weight of shame and guilt and brokenness and failure and sin in your past. I can take that for you and I can secure your future. That's the story of the resurrection. That's what Jesus does. That's why he's our hope. Behold, I stand at the door and knock so that anyone who opens it welcomes me in. I will come in to them. I love that. An encounter with Jesus, that, that moment we've been listening for the knocking, the knocking. We hear him. We open our lives to him. And in a simple act of faith, we say yes. And our lives are forever changed. Not because of what we did, because of what he did. Would you pray with me? This Easter morning, in a moment of quiet, we have a small chance to listen, to listen for his voice, for his knocking. Maybe, maybe this moment is, is your moment for an encounter with Jesus. I don't know how your story has played out to get you right to this moment, but I know that I know he shows up in our life and he knocks. Maybe this Easter morning you're ready to say yes to him. And if that's you, I want to give you a moment before we sing another song and we get on with the rest of Easter Sunday. This may be your moment to meet him. Say yes and welcome him into your life. If so, I want to lead you in a prayer. There's no magic words you can repeat that make something so. It's a prayer of faith from your heart. It's an opening of your life to him, saying yes to his gift. Forgive. You might pray something like this. Dear Lord, this Easter Sunday, I hear you knocking the door of my heart. 
And I want to welcome you in. Jesus Christ, I accept your gift of forgiveness once and for all, lifting the weight of my past forever. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose from the grave. That you're alive today. And I invite you into my life. Yes, Jesus. I pray in your precious name. Thanks for tuning in to this message from our current series. If this is your first time listening, we'd love to meet you in person. We have services every Sunday at 10 a.m. in East Falmouth, Massachusetts, or join us for our Sunday live stream on YouTube at the same time. If you enjoyed the Cape Cod Church podcast, we hope you'll consider leaving us a review so that other people can discover us too. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode.